0: Look at that, another week already in the bag. It is time to kick off your weekend, and thanks for doing so here on the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison.
1: Hello, Adam, and today we have a special podcast. I know I say that often, but we have a really good topic today. And I want to give a shout-out, first of all, to Grace Regan, um, because she is the reason that we're doing this podcast. She asked for a podcast episode on on thoughts on singleness. So we're going to look at singleness from God's perspective and I think you may be surprised at some of the directions that we take this discussion. So I would, I I say this often too, I, I love feedback so I'd really be interested to hear people's feedback for this show. Um, don't be afraid to drop us a voicemail on the blog or an email about this topic This is such an important topic that we may be visiting it again on a future show, and we definitely like to include your feedback at that time. So we're going to get started quickly here, but first let's hear Adam for the quote of the day.
0: Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It's Matthew 22:37 through 40.
1: So I think this is an important jumping off point for our discussion on singleness because we need to make sure that whatever our life situation, whether we are single or married, that loving God and loving our neighbor are the paramount things to us. Mm. If we do those two things, everything else will fall into place. I know it seems cliche because I hear all the time and I get discouraged by it too, but I hear all the time, keep running toward God. And if you see someone running beside you, then maybe investigate and see if you guys can run together. Yeah, You know, it's kind of a cliche for, for single adults that single adults get tired of hearing. I know I do as a single adult get tired of hearing that, but there is a lot of truth to that. Mm -hmm. You know, the worst thing I believe we can do as single People is to become reclusive, to become the type of people that all we do is sit at home, you know, watching Netflix or being on the computer or uh, even filling our lives with a bunch of social activities that have no eternal value. Now, I'm all for having a good time. I'm not saying never go to a movie or never go out to eat with your friends, but some people, um, we spend way too much time on those type of pursuits and I'm pointing fingers at myself as well sometimes and not enough on building ourselves up as people of God. And a lot of times as a single adult, the best thing we can do is to work at becoming a better person. Not looking necessarily for the person that God has for us, but becoming a better person. So that we can be the type of person that God would want us to be and to be content. The way God made us. Because he has ordained that for some people they will be single. Um, and there are many reasons. Oh, well, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. But Adam, why don't you, you read our first point for this discussion?
0: There are many reasons for
1: singleness. Um, but he said unto them, All men cannot receive the saying, save they to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs which were born so from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs which are made eunuchs of men. And there be some eunuchs which made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. So basically in this first passage, uh, we have Jesus kind of laying out the main reasons for singleness. Um, some are born uh, with the inability uh, to have children, basically, and or also the calling to be single, I think, is also what it's referring to. And like, because God ordained that uh, John the Baptist would be single. He never married. He didn't have a ministry that would have allowed him to be married. And he ended up beheaded. So it was good for for any potential family that he didn't end up having a family. And so God had a plan for that. And then there are some who are made eunuchs of men. They're made unable to have a family by their situation that men put them in, like Daniel, who was made a captive in Babylon and was made a eunuch, so that his sole focus would be on serving the kings that he served. And so that was a reason for being single. And some choose it for the kingdom of heaven's sake. So, you may be in a position where you feel that God has called you to serve in such a way that marriage is not God's plan for you. I commend you if that is the case. And, um, but everybody has a different life circumstance. And I believe, based on some of the other things that we're going to talk about today, that, um, that there is actually, uh, there's a small population of people in the world that God calls to be single. But I believe the primary calling that God has for individuals is to marry and have families. I believe that that is, that is primary. I believe it's born out in Scripture. And as we continue on, um, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, can you read the second point?
0: Singleness allows a singular focus.
1: And go ahead and read the verse that goes with it.
0: But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord and how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. 1 Corinthians seven thirty two through 33.
1: All right. So this is the passage that a lot of people build their single ministry around. And they talk about how good singleness is. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, I think, in our culture gets elevated above marriage, almost like one is better than the other. And I don't think that's the case. If God called you even to a season of singleness, he has a reason for it. And I am thankful to God that I I learned this because there was a time when I was just beginning to think about ministry where I was like, well – when i get married i want to have this ministry such and such to families and god really convicted me that i needed to to have a ministry mindset for families now so that when i get married then my wife can join the team and be a part of what's already happening so he's talking about here that when you have when you are single you can have a primary focus to the things of god You don't have to worry about a wife. You can make last-minute decisions to travel for ministry purposes. Um, You don't have to worry about being gone from your kids, which is a a major concern. I know of a lot of stories where ministers were seemingly faithful to God, but they lost their families. Mm -hmm. And I definitely don't want to be one of those ministers. Um, But he didn't marry but he that is married care for the things of the world that he may please his wife. Um, your primary ministry when you get married is for your wife and your family. Now, I believe um, that in a lot of cases you can be more effective in ministry as a married couple. And actually that's one of the things that I try to look for is a, a potential mate who will make me even more effective for the kingdom of God. We can do more together than we could apart, and um, so I really think there's a lot there. And I also just want to mention, um, you know, that I respect, like I said, I respect people in both situations. Um, But there is a phrase in this First Corinthians chapter 7 passage, if you read more of the passage, it talks about the present distress. So when Paul's talking about embracing singleness such as him, he's talking about a very specific circumstance where it would be better for for people to be single. I don't know if it was like a specific persecution or or if there was kind of famine in the land or what it was, but he um but he said that and then he said, But he that marries does not sin. Mm. So he, he, even there, he was underscoring that marriage is not wrong. It's something that we are made to do. So you don't sin if you do it. All right. Before we move on to the third point, Adam, do you have any thoughts on this first couple?
0: Um, Definitely about the opportunities of singleness. I actually don't think that's talked about enough, I feel like, a lot of times because um, – it seems like everybody's trying to like find someone a spouse or something which is which is not a bad thing don't get me wrong but it even got me thinking a little bit about you know in singleness it seems like there's always that season of waiting like my life hasn't fully started yet until i'm married or, or found that one special girl or for girls that special guy but life's happening right now and god has given you a mission today regardless of if you're single or married and i just think it's really interesting because it's it's saying that you know whatever vocation or or walk of life you're living right now there's still a calling in it and there's still something god's called us to do in that moment so it it gets the gears turning
1: absolutely absolutely um and but now i want to turn a corner a little bit because i want to bring out kind of the antithesis if i may of adam's argument which is there's a lot of people that are choosing to be single or at least they're choosing to marry later for a variety of reasons. But there's never been an easier time in history to be single for the wrong reasons. Mm. And I kind of alluded to this um, as we were beginning. But what I mean by that is if you're single because you're devoted to Christ, like if you say my calling is to these orphans, And I need to be here for these orphans and care for these orphans and I don't have time to be married to a husband and have my own family because God gave me this calling. That's different than saying I don't want to be married because I I love my apartment. I love being able to go out for pizza four times a week if I want to. I love being able to watch what I want to watch on Netflix. I don't have to share the remote. I don't have to... Wear clean clothes every day. I don't have to, you know, impress anyone or take care of anyone um, because I'm single. And I, I, I feel like I see a lot of that. So I feel like selfishness could be a big motivator for being single, which has nothing to do whatsoever with service to God. Mm-hmm. But it can kind of masquerade as it. I mean, I've recommended on this podcast before the Boundless Podcast but I started to get frustrated with that podcast because to be honest with you, I didn't feel like it was doing a very good job of moving people from singleness to being prepared to be married. I felt like it was kind of, and like you said, there has to be a balance because you can't be at the point where you're like, Oh, I have to be married to be complete. But at the same time, as our next uh, couple points will, will emphasize um, there comes a point where the reason that you get married is because, in essence, you're not complete. Mm -hmm. Why were wives created? Eve was created because it wasn't good for man to be alone. God created Adam a helper like him because he went through all the animals and there was no similar... Being to him. So God put Adam to sleep and made Eve because he needed a partner. And that's where a lot, where I believe a lot of us live is God made us to have a partner. Finding that person can be difficult. I think primarily because we're looking for that perfect person, even though we're not right, which can be a difficulty. But the next point that I want to bring out is Paul Talked about marriage more than singleness.
0: I will therefore that the younger woman marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully.
1: Now, this this is gonna stir up a lot of controversy, I think, but (laughs) you know, I'm no I don't shy away from that. But I really believe that God knows what he's talking about when he's talking about the roles that he has for each gender to fulfill. And in this passage, he talks about widows being supported by the church and supporting the church as widows indeed. Basically, in the scriptures, he was talking about widows that are above 60 years old. They could commit to being, to ministering in the church as a widow and thus be supported by the church. But he wanted a commitment from them and not for them to turn around and then say, oh, I want to get married. So he wanted to make sure they were committed to staying in that place. So he encouraged younger women be married and in ephesians and colossians and a couple times here in in tim in the epistles to timothy he talks about uh the importance of having children and having godly marriages he talks about the order of life in colossians and he talks about how we need to to put others before ourselves and then he goes into the created order and he says Husbands, don't discourage your wives. Be good to them. He says, Wives, love your husbands and be submissive to them. He says, Children, obey your parents. And that's the created order that he brings out. And then, uh, so he talks about marriage a lot more than he talks about singleness. Even Paul does this. So I think it, it can be very dangerous to build a superior theology out of the verses in in uh, 1 Corinthians and say, for this reason, singleness is superior. And again, all I'm saying is, as, a, as a single adult, we all need to check our motives all the time. So as a single adult, the only challenge I'm trying to leave with you at this point is check your motives. Just ask God and yourself sometime, why am I single? Am I single because that's what God has for me or am I single because I don't want to be accountable to another person? Because that is another form of pride, you know? I mean, uh, accountability to another person in marriage is kind of a picture of our accountability to Christ Mm -hmm. um, in in a spiritual sense. So it is – I mean, everything on earth is practiced for heaven. So, I think marriage gives us the chance to practice submission to one another because before it talks about women submitting to men, it talks about us submitting to one another in the fear of God. And then, even perfect Adam was incomplete without a wife. And the Lord said, It
0: is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. And brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name there And Adam gave names to all cattle, and to the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a help mate for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took out one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he a woman and brought her onto the man. And Adam said, "That this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh.
1: And I... I mean, you're a lot younger than I am. I mean, you're getting to the point where you would be considered someone that marries older, Yeah. but you're a lot younger than I am. But one of the the chief things that I hear from people when I tell people to pray for a wife for me and I kind of lament my singleness and and am crying out to God and, and crying out to others for support in this area is they say, you should just be content with your singleness. You should rely on God because God's the only one that can give you completeness and that is very true if you don't find your complete uh, fulfillment in God no person is going to bring you that fulfillment Mm -hmm. but and my toughest month as a single man is December because everybody's talking about getting together with family which brings you know the kid, my brothers, home with their spouses; my sister, home with her spouse. And then uh, a lot of people get engaged at that time of year. It's kind of a a, a a time of year when love is emphasized, and looking at Christmas through the eyes of a child can be so fun. And so I was really discouraged this past September or December, as I usually am. And twice in that week, I was reminded through different devotionals. That it's almost borderline sacrilegious to tell somebody that they should be content uh, and simply complete in God because even perfect Adam, even Adam who had not sinned and was in perfect 100 percent fellowship with God, God still said it wasn't good for him to be alone. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case for a perfect man in a perfect relationship with God, how much more is it for an imperfect person to need companionship and need to be with other people and have a partner for life? And so hearing that basic thought conveyed twice in one week was very encouraging to me and I actually did a Facebook post about it. And I just ask people to continue to pray for me. And my, my brother uh, could use prayer in this regard as well. Uh, we've had some struggles, but the point being is I'm constantly reminded that God is enough, but I'm believing in faith that he has someone out there for me. And when it finally does happen, um, it will be the right thing at the right time. And you know, I always half joke with my mom, but it is true. When she doesn't run, she's the one. <laughs> That's kind of my motto and or what my slogan for this area of my life. And and uh when we're engaged, our hashtag will probably be she didn't run. <laughs> so um it. but i definitely keep you posted on these things. Be really nice to find someone that has skill or at least a desire to learn this type of thing so we could incorporate uh, our married, married relationship into the podcast. But we'll have to wait and see what God does. But my point being that I no longer accept that argument of you should just um, be content with God because even Adam as a perfect man needed a help me. So there's no shame in admitting that you need a helper. Yeah. And every man who's been married has to readily admit that they came to the point where they knew they needed a helper. So I, I think that was very encouraging to me and I hope it's encouraging to you. Um, do you have any thoughts before we wrap up?
0: You know, uh, it's hard, hard to add to that because you, you basically hit it all, but You know, being honest, there's times where, you know, being single is, it's not easy. It can be very lonely. It can feel empty. Um, and, And I like what you said about where even God saw that, you know, it wasn't good that Adam was lonely. So I think the biggest thing I want to leave with the podcast is just if someone's talking to you about, boy, you know, marriage is hard or being single is hard. Best thing you can do is just meet them where they are. You know, you don't want to try and make them feel a certain way or try and fix the problem in the moment because that's a deep part of us that isn't just fixed in a five minute conversation.
1: Uh, Can I just add something here, too? And that is, I think some of the jokes that we put forward about marriage are not good for marriage. Mm. Like when we talk about um, bachelors having a bachelor party before they get hooked up to the ball and chain or um having uh liberty until they get married and then their liberty is gone or we say they wear black because it's the last, you know, free day of their life. <laughs> uh And I know a lot of those are delivered humorously and we mean them humorously, but I really think we should cut down on those type of things because I really believe, particularly for me, that in a lot of ways being married will give me a new level of liberty. Mm -hmm. Because I'll have a ministry partner. I'll have someone that is dedicated to the ministry that I've been called to. And that's another way that I'll know she's the right one is having that ability to have someone to serve God alongside. And um, I think it's important that we as the church come alongside people. that We affirm marriage because marriage was God's idea. And part of the reason why we're struggling with marriage in this country today is because we as Christians are not putting it in its right place. And so if we're not putting it in this right place, how can we expect the world to? Mm. The world needs to be able to look at marriage and say, that's different from the way we do it. And this is no more reflected than in a conversation that I had with my uh, – that I heard about about marriage um, where this couple that was living together, they were getting ready to get married and someone asked them, well, are you excited to get married? And they said, well, we're just excited to get it over with. Oh, wow. Because in the eyes of the world who lives together – there's no anticipation to marriage because there's no life change. Yeah. You know, when I go from a single man to having a wife and I live and I covenant to live with this woman, whoever God sends to my life, it's going to be a different living arrangement than I've ever had in my entire life. It's going to be totally new and exciting and hard. And difficult and all kinds of challenging, but everything I've done in my life has been that, but when you are the world, a lot of times you don't think it's going to be different, but it is different because it's a covenant it's a change in things because there's a part of you in the side of in in the back of your head if you're living with your significant other who says I can just walk away from this at any time because they're just my boyfriend or they're just my girlfriend I don't have the commitment behind it and once you marry it changes the dynamic and a lot of times people can live together for years and then get married and only be married for a short time because it changes it even when you don't think it's going to so I would encourage you the statistics bear out that you're much more likely to get a divorce if you live together before marriage um And I just want to say, I'm looking forward to marriage and all that it offers, but I want to do it God's way. I want to do it in his context so that I can know that I'm doing it in a way that honors him, that shows a proper view of Christ in the church. And that encourages the believers to pursue that kind of marriage as a foundation for family and families are the foundation of our culture. That's why I started speaking for him because the family is splintering. And we want to be part of the solution, not the problem. So I'll, I'll just leave you with that and say I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Keep serving the best of masters. Give us feedback uh, as you see fit. And we will talk to you again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four,